0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Angle of Pursuit podcast, your fantasy football, sports betting, and NASCAR home here at FakePigSkin.com. I am your host, Kyle Robert. You follow me on Twitter at Notorious K-R-O. Uh Brian Twining, we are back to talk some tight ends. How you feeling?
1: Uh, I hate this position in fantasy, but I'm excited to talk about the guys.
0: <laughs> I, I'm I am regretting having you as my co-host after that <laughs> statement. <laughs> I think I might be taking applications because I love tight ends. Um, I think they may be my favorite position Um, and I know it's crazy and I know everyone hates them, but uh, they are the best. We are talking late round tight ends. Uh, If you are enjoying our content, if you're enjoying what we're doing, please mash that thumbs up, please subscribe. It really does do a lot for us. It's an easy thing for you. Uh, And it allows you to get notifications. If we go live, if we have new content, if whatever, um we're here to help so uh, hit the thumbs up mash that subscribe button and let us know in the comments who your favorite late round tight end option is who's that guy that's going in the double digit rounds that you think can you know explode the season and have a have a tremendous 2020 season but without further ado let's dive in and let's talk some Ian Thomas, who is currently coming off the board as tight end 21 in the 14th round. All of our ADP is current uh as of uh what Thursday the twentieth, uh based on fantasy football calculator. So half point ADP. We 12 teams. Here we go. Uh talk to me about Ian Thomas. Uh
1: I spoke about his quarterback on the last show, talking about late round quarterbacks, and I mentioned this super athletic tight end who is taking over for crafty veteran uh, who just departed to go to Seattle and Greg Olson. And that guy's name is Ian Thomas. We've been kind of trying to predict this breakout for the last couple of years, as he's been f- filling in for Olson, as he's seen multiple injuries. Uh, we haven't quite seen the breakout yet. We've seen glimpses of what he offers that Olson does not in terms of his athleticism, just his pure speed at the position And now he's finally stepping into the every down sure starting tight end role that we've all wanted for him in an offense that, like I mentioned when talking about Teddy Bridgewater is now led by offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, who is going to want to sling the ball around a lot. And I took, you know, just trying to look at it from a numbers perspective, I took, I combined both Olson and Ian Thomas's targets from last year and they, they reached, I think it was somewhere around 120 or so. And I, I factored in, say he he even gets just 80% of that. We're looking at close to 82, or we're looking at close to 90 targets, which would have placed him seventh at the position in last year's rankings. And then if we took that and uh, also factoring in the yardage and then taking that 80%, 80%, 80% he's right around 60, 600 yards or so, which places him again in the top 12 as a tight end, tight end one. And he's currently going as tight end 21. So if we're looking at him just as he's taking over the number one role in an offense, who's going to want to throw, who's going to target the tight end. He has tons of weapons around him that are going to open up the field for him. And he's probably going to see a lot of mismatches. They still have Christian McCaffrey back there to take up those linebackers eyes. And Ian Thomas for me is my favorite tight end to break out this season. As much as I love Blake Jarwin and the Sternberger, um, Thomas, for me, is going to be someone that I am targeting pretty much in every single redraft league at the back end of the draft.
0: I'm shocked that you didn't mention Sternberger. Like, I thought for <laughs> sure that was going to be one of your two names. Uh, obviously, we'll go over your other name here in a bit. But, uh, you know, it, it is funny. Like, even Hayden Hurst got pushed up a lot more than we probably expected at this point. But uh, everybody loves that offense. But, yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you on this one. Uh, you know, we've seen... Thomas have games where he gets double digit or, or close to it and produce big monster games. Obviously we saw Teddy Bridgewater during his time with new Orleans, uh, target the tight end. We've seen him when he was in Minnesota targeting the tight end Brady's Joe Brady's offense is going to dictate kind of those short underneath stuff. And as we talked about with the quarterback show, uh, adding Robbie Anderson may not necessarily be good for his fantasy value. But if he's opening up, the, if he's t- you know opening the top up uh, on the defense, opening up more room for Ian Thomas in the middle of the field, um, it, it just means I expect targets. I expect volume and I expect him to be a guy that when they get in close, um, that, that gets targets around the goal line. So I'm 100 percent on board with Ian Thomas and in dynasty leagues, tight and premium leagues, I've been trying to acquire him. Uh, cause I think he his price right now versus what I could expect over the next say two to three years is it is, is, is I expect a lot of room for growth. So you're you get in now while you can, yeah, uh, go, uh,
1: real quick, going back to what you said about his, his looks inside the red zone, his size, he's the biggest target outside of Chris Hogan who, uh, he was their biggest target last year. Hogan's gone. He's on the team who the guy who I'll be talking about next. And the only other guy that matches Thomas's size, that's Robbie Anderson at 6'3". But he's a, he's a toothpick at 190 and not a guy that we're going to be seeing getting a lot of jump balls in the red zone. So Thomas could, could potentially be the number two option for the Panthers outside of Christian McCaffrey when they're looking at those jump balls or those guys with those one-on-one opportunities down there in the end zone. 100%.
0: Um and we've done a we f- you know we obviously did our top 12 tight end targets and there's names like Evan Ingram in there who we're both fans of think in terms of upside has has a ton but he also has that I could get injured, I could miss time, I could be out. Uh these names make great options to pair with those guys that if you're concerned about potentially playing 16 games you know, we, we've talked about it a little bit. The quarterback, I feel better about doing it with tight ends is maybe a draft two of them this year, especially if you have a little bit of an expanded bench or added IR slots. Um, it could really go a long way. And I, I think drafting one of these guys to go with that option makes sense. And then if they explode the way we think they have the ability to, then you have an asset to trade. You can trade that Evan Ingram. You can trade, you know, that that Tyler Higby. Um, and maybe get something else back and go from there. Um let's talk about my first option. We'll go to Philadelphia and we'll talk some Dallas Goddard. Uh I don't I don't I don't understand. He's tight in 16 <laughs> this year. This is a guy that last season finishes tight end 10. This is an offense that we love Jalen Rager because there's nobody else. Yep. And Zach Ertz is there and Zach Ertz, I expect to have another top five ish season, but I also think there's going to be a season where their roles kind of flip and Dallas Goddard becomes the primary focus out of the tight end group. And Zach Ertz, as he's aging, becomes a secondary tight end. And that could happen this year. And I expect, you know, both these guys to have really strong top 10, top 12 seasons But like we could see Dallas Goddard be a guy that, oh, he popped and now he's a top three option and Ertz is really more of a top 12 option and Jalen Rager was fine. And outside of that, like there's not a ton like, you know, that Marquise Goodwin's already opted out for the season. Like they don't have, you know, we'll see what Alshon does, but like they don't have pass catchers. So I love Miles Sanders. I think he could be a beast. I think he could be, you know, him and Boston Scott out of the backfield. Um but they're going to need consistency from the tight end group to kind of make up for some of those holes at the wide receiver group. And I think Dallas Goddard as a tight end 16, even if he just does what he did last year as a tight end 10, and then it has the ability to easily uh, approach top five type season at the position.
1: Yeah. I think it's crazy that he's going tight end 16 with, you know, looking back at teams with similar kind of game plans while using the tight ends i for me it kind of stands out looking at what the patriots did when they had rob gronkowski and aaron hernandez and there there wouldn't have been a world where either of those two guys was going as tight end 16 knowing what the patriots were trying to do with both of them as, as pass catchers and that's exactly what's happening in in philadelphia with both Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard being primary targets on pretty much every single play when they're running routes. And like you said, with Zach Ertz going as tight end three or tight end four, you're getting a tremendous discount on a guy in Goddard who is creeping up to the same level of usage and target share that Ertz is going to see as Ertz gets older, continues to rack up those lingering injuries, you know, those lower body injuries. I think this could be the season when we see Goddard kind of reached the a similar level of usage in this offense and at tight end 16 you're looking at a guy who is more than likely to finish as a tight end one even in a two tight end set
0: yeah like i'm taking him over austin hooper jared cook noah fant uh tj Hawkinson, maybe probably gronk like I, especially especially at the <laughs> i'm gonna let there. somebody
1: else take take the chance on gronk thank yeah, you
0: like i think i think Fant's a guy that has has the upside but like give me Goddard, like I just I I feel like the floor is safer with him, and the upside is just as high. Like and and I as much as like we were talking about Drew Locke in that offense, like I just I I don't I don't I don't I don't understand that. Uh let's keep it rolling. Let's talk some J E T S Jets Jazz Jazz. Let's talk Chris Herndon, uh, tight end twenty two in the fourteenth round. That feels like value.
1: Yeah. I know Chris Herndon, uh, recently he started to get the kind of, the kind of talk again, like people are talking up his, his athletic ability there in New York. And, you know, I didn't even dive too deep into looking at what he's done at production level as he's only played one season last year was a complete wash. He played one game. He saw one catch. Um, I'm looking at this more as opportunities, equal, equal money and fantasy. And just like Philadelphia, who the hell is going to catch the ball? The Jets, the only guy that's returning that is a any notable name is Jamison Crowder. And then mm-hmm. you have a bunch of miss you have a mismatch of guys of Chris Hogan, like I talked about, joining in there. You have Denzel Mims, the rookie out of Baylor, who what are we gonna see out of him? They you know it, Vincent Smith on the outside. Like yeah. this team Brashad,
0: is Brashad Perryman's the big guy. Okay,
1: Brashad Perryman, who but, again,
0: he's a career. Yeah.
1: He's a career third wide receiver. He's with, a career with injured
0: reserve wide receiver is what he is. Yeah, I mean, like, he obviously popped last year. But in, in terms of vacated targets, 186 for the Jets, 37.8%. That's the fourth most in the NFL from last year. So even if these guys step in, like there's so much opportunity for somebody to catch the ball there and having that rapport and being an athletic move tight end even with Adam GaSe like dragging the whole <laughs> offense down, I I'm a hundred percent with you. I think he makes a ton of sense as a as a guy who you draft as your as one. Maybe even as a second tight end who by the end of the season we're talking about is like, oh, he was tight end eight and had you know six hundred yards and six touchdowns and was a guy that you could use most weeks.
1: Yeah. He- he and uh Thomas and Goddard all, all all three of these guys they offer the upside that you're looking at for these late round targets and they're guys who are if if I'm looking at the trends and just it, we talk about this so many times at the running back position like you need touches you need you need opportunities and that's how you score fantasy points and looking at all three of these guys they're they're gonna have roles with talking about Herndon with Ryan Griffin still on the injured reserve and not able to kind of get on the field. He has no competition at the position, so he will be playing pretty much every snap at tight end and being probably the best pass catcher other than Crowder on the team that has any sort of familiarity with Sam Darnold who needs to get his crap together. If, if they if if he wants to be the franchise quarterback there in the Jets and save Adam Gase's job, he's going to need to be connecting with Herndon and Crowder a lot this season.
0: Yeah, and the, the beautiful part is tight end's really deep again. So if he... <laughs> you know, gets hurt or is just not the guy early. Say goodbye. On to the next one. But if you're lo- shooting, you know, we're shooting for upside here. We're shooting for guys that have a legit shot at being top five, top seven type options at the position. Um, and I think absolutely both these guys do it. You know, we've seen it. We've seen where guys like Darren Waller just pop, and all of a sudden they're getting volume, and all of a sudden they're super help- impactful in in fantasy. Um, for my second guy. For our for our last guy on this list, we're going deep. We're going for a guy that I think has a legit opportunity to pop. We're going to Irv Smith oh, Junior. Titan yeah, twenty three, basically undrafted. Uh we've talked a lot about the Vikings, and we expect their defense to be a little worse. We expect as much as we expect them to run, we think passing could be more in play this year. Obviously Stefan Diggs is gone. Um if you want to you know in, tar- in terms of vacated targets, they don't have like a huge amount but they have 110, which is basically what Diggs left the- out the door and Justin Jefferson will probably step into a good chunk of that. Um but this is like I I think the like we talked about how the Eagles kind of are going to switch from Ertz to goddard probably not this year, probably sooner than later. I think that happens this year. I think there's there's already talks of basically, oh, Irv Smith could play outside. Oh, and he could be inside, and he he could have a wide variety of roles. And more snaps equals more opportunity equals more targets equals more more uh, potential production equals a super athletic move guy that could have a wide variety of roles that when they get in close plays more of a traditional tight end set when they're you know driving down the field can line up outside line up inside can line up you know behind the quarterback and Kirk Cousins loves throwing to the tight end so with Kyle Rudolph kind of fading into the background and I'm sure he'll pop and have like a two touchdown game that uh everybody will notice but like I love Irv Smith this year. I like his potential. He's obviously in, in Dynasty and in deeper leagues, you want to look at him for sure. Um I have his in Dynasty. But uh but in in even in redraft this year, he's absolutely guy that um I I'm targeting and you know, he might be more of a sit him on my bench and, and use somebody else that's quote unquote safer just to just to make sure that it kind of comes to fruition. But at his value, at his what you are drafting him at, I don't hate taking a shot, especially like if you're in a 14 or 16 team league. Like draft him late, um, and and see if he pops, and and go from there. Because I think that obviously opens up a lot for you to draft other positions, but uh, could be a guy that that makes a tremendous impact this year in his second year in the league.
1: Yeah, Irv Smith is another guy who I'm I'm definitely on board with, and very similar to what I was talking about with Zach Ertz. Irv Smith going undrafted. I mean, he had the he pretty much saw the same amount of targets as Kyle Rudolph last season. It was the touchdowns that what the big separating factor was as Kyle Rudolph saw six to Irv Smith two. And I do kind of see them a little bit of the changing of the guard here as Irv Smith is that young. He's very explosive. I kind of equate him to a guy who has been out of the league for a while now, and Chris Cooley kind of playing that H-back position where I think Minnesota, we could see them line him up at the fullback position and have him come out of the backfield running a lot of routes and be huge mismatches for linebackers with his speed. And then, like you said, if they're starting to line him up on the outside, who are they going to match him up with? Are they going to put a safety on him where he's probably just going to body them up or are they going to put you know a linebacker where he's going to run past them? Um, the vacated targets of Stefan Diggs, just about 90 of them, 94 to be exact, uh, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. He's a good receiver, but I just don't see him as being somebody that's just going to step right into that amount of targets, like right away, take over that, that, that target share. I see Irv Smith kind of stepping, stepping up and seeing a little bit more and kind of evening it out with Jefferson, potentially propelling him into that 60, 65 target range for the season.
0: Yeah, no, like I think, yeah, I think Irv, I think uh, Justin Jefferson's becoming a guy that I've come around more on. Like I've been watching a lot of, like, it's been awesome. Like, obviously, not having sports has been kind of lame, but I've been able to, like, ESPN and ESPN Classic have been showing, like, some college football games from last year. And, like, just going back and watching, oh, how good was Jefferson, Je- Justin Jefferson, his potential role in this offense. But I'm kind of with you in that I think he's, I think the first month of the season, he's just not really a factor. Um, and I think Irv kind of grabs, grabs a chunk there. And then I think, I still think Jefferson could be an 80 target, 85 target guy, but majority of that coming over the second half of the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 think Irv Smith's absolutely a guy. I'm buying a guy that I think could have a tremendous year. Um, and you know, I think could break out and be a top 12 ish option come season's end.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at the pass catchers that they have, they are they are now down to Phelan, Jefferson, Rudolph, and Irv Smith. And mm-hmm. if I think Irv Smith is taking over for Rudolph in terms of the majority of the targets out of the tight end, I mean, we're looking at a guy who's stepping into the third most targets on a team who even with their limited amount of passing, they're going to have to throw the ball throughout the season to win games. So.
0: Yep, 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 uh, 100%. Like I said, if you're enjoying what we're doing, mash that thumbs up hit subscribe let us know in the comment who your favorite late round target is at the position who who's the guy that if you're waiting at tight end you're gonna grab or if you're in two tight end leagues or if you're in deeper leagues like who who are you grabbing late that you, that you really like that you think has a, a ability to explode um let us know for brian twining i'm kyle robert and we'll talk to you guys